Hey everybody, this is Atkins. Hey, and this is Adam. And we're bringing you another episode of, oh, I almost said Kyo Cinema. Uh, I Wrong thought you were, pod. yeah. I heard I it in my it head too. going to happen eventually. <laughs> this is not Kyo Cinema. That's our other podcast. This is the Almighty Podcast, the more popular of the two by leaps and bounds. Yes. Uh, well, you know, to be fair, Vigilantes is at least ongoing, and so is My Hero compared to, you know, the Dragon Ball Z movies, which are ancient at this point. Yeah. I mean, we... A little bit of a peek behind the curtain. Um, Adam and I have a pretty busy early June, um, which it isn't quite yet as we record this. Uh, and we announced at the end of the last episode of Kyo Cinema that we were going to take a single cycle off for that particular podcast just because we just don't have the time to watch movies and take notes and then record and edit and all that stuff in the middle of these uh, next couple of weeks. But we refused uh, to take some time off from the AMP because it is... Uh, it is way more popular. Uh, it would be a, a much larger felt loss for, for him and for uh, myself and also for y'all. Um, so we've actually double recorded the last two times we've sat down to make sure that the A&P doesn't miss a beat. So you're worth well, it and you're welcome. Let's be honest. Uh, we don't want to skip missing out on uh, Vigilantes as well, right? Like these chapters are coming out hot. We want to read them. So we're right there with you. Yeah, we don't want to leave the uh, folks in the Discord in a lurch. <laughs> exactly. Now, this will be the first time that they hear as they're listening. And this is this is like not coming out until like the middle of June anyway. But uh, that'll be the first time that they hear that explanation. Uh, and one of the things that'll be weird is a couple of them submitted some Quirkle submissions to us. Um, and we missed them during our last batch recording. So we're going to cover those now. If you missed those uh, and you're like, what the hell is a Quirkle? Um, we are jumping on to the Wordle uh, hype train. And we are pointing you to a website that we'll link in the show notes that shows you all of the uh, previous months, uh, even the current day's uh, correct solution to the Wordle puzzle. And you just choose from the previous month's completed Wordle solutions list, one or more words, combine them, and then pitch us a quirk. Now, a couple of guys in our Discord did so, but they they misunderstood the rules. Um, <laughs> one to a hilarious end, which I'll get to in a second. But Remember, you don't, you're not just giving us words and then we come up with the quirks. You're giving us the words and also the quirk. Um, we're, it's an invitation for you to be creative uh, and also contributive uh, to what we're doing at the AMP. And we hope more people will take advantage of that going forward. And we totally, it was so new to us, we totally even forgot to mention it for like an episode or two after we first announced the idea. <laughs> yeah, no, we announced it and I just didn't even say anything about it, so... And did you come up with one for uh, this past month? We, we'd be looking at the uh, May answers at this point, uh, since this is technically coming out in June. Yes. So uh, for May, I chose the word farce. Um, farce. Okay. Yeah, farce. It made me think of farcical, uh, which is like very cartoony, kind of really exaggerated. Um, it made me think of, uh, you're, you, you big into Marvel comics at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the creature shoot his name oh warlock warlock uh so like the the living machine warlock you know from the new mutants yes okay How, i was thinking adam warlock for a second but yeah, yeah. No, i don't know what you're talking about so he is everything that he does is very exaggerated um and that's what farce would be is it you know we make fun of oftentimes when we point out these instances in vigilante chapters my hero chapters where something sticks out as uh, remarkably cartoony relative to the content that surrounds it. Um, character reactions, the way that they're drawn, for instance. Uh, and that would be essentially what this quirk did, is you were just comically over-exaggerated in everything that you did. Uh, and it would be a silly 
quirk, but you would make for an awesome background character in pretty much anything you wanted to be in. Yeah, I mean, because you're gonna have that big personality and everything. So yep. what's the so what's the quirk for you then? Farce. Well, yes, but what 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 is the actual quirk? It's you would be extremely over exaggerated. You're extremely ex- yeah. over exaggerated. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I was just expecting there to be like an extra something there. Okay, hey, cool. No, I like you it. Just a uh, there's no you muted. There's out. no uh, restrained. It's just your. You're, you would be uh, uninvited to uh, funerals very quickly, <laughs> like that kind of thing. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> Jeez. Well, I decided to combine two words. Mine was from uh, May 21st and May 22nd's words. I decided to come up with scrap money, uh, which sounds weird at first. You're like, what in the world could that be? Have you ever seen that magic trick that magicians do where, or I guess non-magicians, you can buy the trick, I'm sure. Where they take like uh, magazine articles and flip them back and forth and they turn into cash. No, that's not where I that? thought you were going with this. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, no, this is exactly where I'm going with this. Okay. So there's a really popular magic trick that uh, people will, will do where, and I don't know how it works. I'm sure you can Google it, but they take some like random pieces of paper or like coupons or, you know, uh, magazine articles or something. And they, they do some sleight of hand and they turn it into dollar bills. Uh, scrap money would effectively have that effect, except it would actually turn scrap paper into money. So you're effectively like, a, like you could replicate any kind of money, any sort of way with scrap paper on the so fly. How well do you replicate it? Is it clearly still counterfeit or is it I the real deal and you're messing with economics because you don't have the restraint that Momo does? I was going to say, I feel like it has to be some kind of a chemical reaction uh, because, you know, I like to kind of break down these quirks via science. I try to do that a lot of the times, or at least logic. I like the idea that it's some kind of a chemical reaction that you are using like or secrete onto the the paper itself from your hands and it's mixed with your thoughts. So somehow it's able to replicate what you're seeing effectively, almost like a chameleon effect. Uh, So it's counterfeit in the sense that you have made it, but it would probably bypass particular pins or things like that if it was looked under a heavy like microscope though they would probably be able to see some sort of uh like chemical difference if that makes sense so you say that this is something that they excrete or secrete through their skin yeah yeah i think that's so how it's I would like, like for this to work could be literally blood money yeah it could be blood money or sweat could money be. or yeah. saliva money or sure, any of the above eyeball juice money I guess that's yeah. just called tears. I don't know why I went all weird with eyeball <laughs> juice. But. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I like that. Scrap money. Just turn any, any kind of scrap paper into money. Wreck your local economy. Those are our <laughs> submissions for some Quirkle ideas for May. Um, we did get some Quirkle submissions from a couple of the folks in our Discord uh, that were drawing uh, from April's word list uh, that I wanted to share before we jumped back into Vigilantes. Uh, The first one that I received was actually from Ness, who we've talked about often on the pod. Ness misunderstood the assignment. And so so what he thought was that he was going to give us this really hard Quirkle idea. And and so he came up with this, what he called Black Flare. And he said, that one might give you guys some thinking to do. And I said, Ness, you tell us what it is. And then he was just like, (laughs) Well, that's not how I thought this worked. And so I basically, he was like, well, I'll change my answer. And I says, no, no, I think you're stuck with Black Flare now. You're just going to have to make it work and, cre- you know, treat this as a, uh, a punitive measure. And so this is what he turned in. I thought he did a super good job. So Black Flare, he says, the hero in question has the ability to create black hole portals, uh, a la the portal game. 
going through the portal burns with sudden intensity, and the quirk name is a double entendre, flare, F-L-A-R-E, and flare, F-L-A-I-R, as when they activate the quirk, um, a transformation like Jinko Jean All Might's to All Might. Uh, they don a stylish black tux and cape, think like tuxedo mask, uh, that huh. has stars and galaxies moving within it. So I thought that he did a good job that bringing that back cool. around. Yeah, that sounds like a cool quirk. I dig that. And to be fair, it's not like we've really explained the assignments super well. We, we're kind of making you jump through a few hoops, looking at a handful of lists and coming up with something. So, But I feel like we've gotten it clear now. We're four or five episodes in having mentioned it, so we got it now. Yeah, we're 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 working on it. It was a it was a quickly tooled idea. Yeah, um, yeah. Tomac did the same thing. He thought that we were supposed to come up with them, um, but I, I turned it back around on him, and he understood the assignment from there on. So he came up with Royal Flare, um, and he says that the quirk allows uh, the user to brainwash targets into believing that they are someone or something else, and it works by proximity, limited to a few meters, so people further away are not under the influence. And then he was just like, "Better what? But just use Flare." <laughs> <laughs> the royal doesn't apply. <laughs> That's funny. I like that. So that was fun. So remember, the assignment is you go and you look at the previous full month's Wordle solutions, uh, and you can choose one or more words, and then pitch us a quirk um, using those words, and we will share those on the air. It, it is an invitation, again, for you to participate in a segment that we did on or during episode 100 uh, that Adam called Quirk Assignments. In that particular instance, you guys did give us just the names, and we came up, but we wanted to give you guys the opportunity to be creative uh, and uh, attributive, again, to this podcast as well. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want, we uh, we can maybe come up with some words and throw them out there and let you guys decide what they are. So that way you don't actually have to come up with the words. You let us know how you want us to do it. We'll come up with some crazy stuff. Yep. And if you wanted to contribute to the podcast even more, you could do so by doing things like following us on Twitter and leaving us reviews on iTunes or Spotify. All those things are super, super helpful, as are just telling folks that we exist. Um, we know that you guys have done that because our numbers continue to, to climb. And it's not because Adam and I are doing any kind of hustling. That's all y'all. And we super appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, man, we are here tonight to talk about chapters 118 and 119 of Vigilantes. We are slowly counting down uh, to that last chapter, which just came out last week. How crazy is that? I know, man. I've Like I said, I've had to stay off of the My Hero, or the uh, Almighty Pod Twitter uh, feed to avoid all spoilers, because I know that it's being talked about quite a bit right now. Yeah, no joke. Well, you want to go ahead and hop right into 118? Sure. And then we uh, pick up right where we left off, as I always like to say. But we really do. Like, most of the time, these panels really do seem like they could have taken place next to the one that we left off on. And that's not always the case for every series I read. Uh, so I like to mention that. I don't know why. But Koichi's <laughs> blasting holes into Six's like ethereal, energetic body that he has created. And uh, from a rooftop, we see one for all, not one for all, the other one, the other one, all for one. From a rooftop, we see all for one who is kind of assessing the situation. Like he's he's just talking about Koichi in general and kind of assessing his quirk. And he, he makes a mention that the quirk itself is actually really a simple one. And he explains it as just this ring-shaped force field that can either repulse or absorb energy to some small degree. Uh, and it's funny because at first he's kind of talking about it as if like the quirk itself is really not that powerful. It's just the way Koichi uses it that makes it powerful. Or so he thought, because now he's seeing this new ability and it's like, okay, there's potentially some more potential there. 
Yeah, so he's noticing, and he continues, this goes on for like pages throughout this entire chapter, um, all for one is kind of assessing Koichi's performances, because he has had an audience to Koichi's evolution, just the same as we have uh, as uh, as a reading audience. Um, He's been watching and evaluating, uh, coaching uh, six through uh, how to react to certain situations, depending on what Koichi displays in any given moment. He's told six on at least one occasion, dude, you need to leave. Um, so he is not, even when he calls this uh, quirk slide and glide, the height of mediocrity, um, that is not to say that he uh, is is underestimating it at all. Uh, he is, this is a lot of kudos and respect uh, channeling from All for One to Koichi based upon his utilization uh, of a quirk that shouldn't be as good as it is. Yeah, I mean, at the end here, like where he's kind of finishing his assessment, uh, he says it's such a high-powered rush that number six is plasma body. This like superheated algamation is what he said. is just being hammered apart by a rapid flurry of blows. And we see that in this panel. It's really cool. It's like the intro panel. So we get the title, uh, episode 118, All the Fun. And uh, we see just like these holes being ripped into Six's body from Koichi's punches. And, you know, it's interesting. I had a note here that from one All for One's perspective, Everything to him is just a science experiment. Like, he has no regard for any one thing. You know what I mean? It's just all about him and the way that he sees the world and the way that he interacts with it and and what he wants to get out of it. So it's interesting that, like, even in the, the light of this event here, he's, he's, like, almost completely forgotten Six and moved on to this new experiment, which is Koichi's quirk, and he's discovering this. And so it's just kind of interesting to me that, like, at every opportune moment he can, he's getting, like, data for whatever it is that he's working towards. Yeah, I started to think about All for One as an extremely careful prototyper. Yeah. Like he has this idea of what he wants to do. He cobbles something together that he thinks will work. He sends it out for a field test, collects all this data, goes back, makes revisions, sends the new thing back out into the field for tests, collects data, and he keeps doing this. And this being set in the past uh, is more like V1 stuff relative to what we've seen in My Hero Proper and and the the degree to which he's made improvements on whatever the seedling of an idea that he's been developing in the pages of Vigilante. So prototype, uh, experiment, the the application of uh, the data accrued by watching the experiment unfold, and then another, you know, next prototype in the evolution, which is a kind of a neat way of thinking about what he's been doing and what he's been up to this whole time. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's like this whole development process. I started thinking, too, that uh, it's, I don't know why I hadn't had this thought before, but especially now uh, that Six is literally just a bunch of explosions um, that has taken humanoid, well, humanoid, uh, it, I guess technically he's still bipedal and has two hands with five fingers and all that, but uh, even despite the fact that his face is nothing like that anymore, <laughs> it's just like two giant horns and teeth, um, but he is he is hot, right? So these uh, these distanced attacks are necessary, or Koichi's just going to end up burned to a crisp. Yeah, like I, I imagine that if he were to actually punch this body, it would kind of I want to say disintegrate him, but at least burn him up because it looks like it is hot, or at least crackling with electricity. So maybe not burn him, but like shock the crap out of him. Well, he literally is like coalesced explosions, right? Yeah. Like, like uh, he brought together all of those um, the anons, and he's just. The only reason he continues to exist is because of their 
explosions and him harnessing that energy. So he's just he's just harnessed explosion power, which yeah, I, yeah I'd imagine that would burn. <laughs> yeah, but it's not burning like the buildings around him or anything like that. You know, yeah, I guess we hadn't seen much charring going on, but we also haven't seen like his footprints in the middle of the street and I don't know. Yeah, uh, maybe fair. I'm overthinking it or and or underthinking it. One way or the other, it's probably <laughs> true. Well, we we see here that like he is starting to basically reform. Like it, I mean, Koichi's getting in some good blasts, but the body itself is reforming pretty much consistently. And uh, Pop or the vision of Pop that Koichi's seeing is just like, hey, I don't think that's going to do anything to him. And this seems to relieve Koichi, which I thought was kind of weird, and so does Pop, uh, because he says, like, phew, as long as it's not his real body, I can throw those strong punches without a care while still buying time. Like, even up to this point, Koichi is still just trying to buy time for the other heroes, when it seems like at least Knuckle Duster, the vision that he's seeing of him, is, has been telling him, like, dude, just take him out. Like, hit him in the head. <laughs> yeah, it's again, goes back to Koichi is capable of doing, potentially, uh, of of taking six out um, if he leveraged this power in the right place in the big video game boss weak spot that we that he's had. Um, but he seems hesitant to that and still seems very much into the idea of him just being uh, a little bit of an obstacle until the real heroes show up on the scene. Um, and he maybe he's trying to find this this middle ground but how do you do that you know you're either running for your life and waiting for the heroes or you're turning and and trying to deal this this actual final blow yeah and i'm not sure i really understand koichi's motivation anymore i mean initially he didn't want to take out six because he didn't want to let pop down which i get but now he's seen this vision of pop who is pretty much all but given him her blessing to like take this guy out i mean even if we know that's not the real pop. He's at least logic out in his mind that it's okay sometimes to use the big bad shooty kablam, you know? And so it's like, why is he waiting? I mean, I don't think he has this issue with being the hero. It's not like he is mentally blocking his mind and saying like, there's no way I can step up to the plate. It just seems like at this point, he just wants to drag out this fight, which seems a little reckless to me. Yeah, I can I can see that. I, I think that he's still, you know, we talked about, I think the terms that we used, or at least I used, was him overcoming these obstacles or, or taking down these barriers between him and his actual capabilities. Um, and maybe he just ha isn't quite yet there. You know, he, yeah. he maybe he overcame that obstacle about weaponizing uh, the Shudiko blames with this this new knuckle style, but sees how devastating and powerful it is and suddenly gets gun shy again. Maybe that's what's going Maybe. on here. Yeah, it could be. Uh, well, he he's continuing to try to run away or escape just to, to stay alive long enough for those real heroes to, to come in. And uh, it's funny because I think it's Pop that's just like, well, how about running away for real, like to safety? <laughs> and he says, it's all good. Uh, strangely, I'm feeling on top of my game. And uh, at first, this is kind of sh striking me as odd, too. It's like literally last chapter, you were beaten to a pulp and you were broken. And it seems yeah. like Knuckle Duster had to kind of give you a heads up of like, hey, how about you use your quirk to like soften the blows a little bit around, you know, where your broken bones are and like your ribs that are hurting. And either he's got that totally under control in th in these chapters or it's just kind of an afterthought because he seems to be totally fine here. And he admits, too, that like, he seems good too. Like he says, he's on top of his game. And uh, even Pop mentions, like, "Hey, you know, I I can't believe you're good. I thought you were battered and broken." And he saw he says that uh, the heroes are bound to show up soon, and he just keeps on going. So he just has this mindset of like, "We're gonna wait on the heroes." And uh, 
it seems like all for one kind of picks up on this a little bit. He's once again, reviewing from the sidelines and he kind of goes into how it's weird and, and abnormal, just how powerful this quirk is or this output. Uh, and he says, surely far more than could be wrung from a single individual. It, it, he likely draws from some massive source of fiery passion beyond our view and abuses pounding fists with that power. And uh, it's funny because he he kind of makes this mention, and I think it may be hit her a little bit later, like where in Six's case and Koichi's case is this power coming from? And it's something we consistently see, like these power level ups or these quirk level ups and these dire needs. And I think all for one's trying to figure out, like, is this a a key to every quirk? Can every quirk evolve this way? It feels like he's really trying to get down into the nitty gritty of like how to make quirks really evolve. Yeah, and adversity, extreme adversity, um, great motivation, I think, plays into what Koichi's experiencing here. He even Um, makes it sound like he thinks that Koichi's disguised his quirk as a weak quirk the whole time, which we know not to be the case. Yeah, we know that's not true. He's 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 just we're privy to his conjecture. I think that he lands in the right place when he says that this trial has triggered explosive growth. And we've seen that in evidence in My Hero Proper as well. Um, Absolutely. And, and it's even dealt with explicitly, like in terms very similar to that, especially by uh, some of the um, MLF characters, I think. Um, and so that I, I, I think that that is just basically pointing back towards that concept that we see fleshed out a little bit more explicitly, less, uh, less like some thoughtful conjecture in the proper uh, anime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the running continues on. Koichi is still trying to get away, and then Pop points out that uh, the regen of this guy is incredibly quick, and uh, he's like, yeah, I know. I'm trying to evade this stuff, and it's funny because the knuckle ducker the knuckle duster persona is in the background, just like, man, you're going to get cornered. Like, you running around is just perfectly opening you up to get cornered. He says, you need to wait for your opening and hit back. And uh, Pop warns him of another incoming attack. Koichi's just able to barely kind of like dodge out of the way. It almost looks like he's like meeting this fist head on, but I don't think he is. He's just getting out of the way. I think he is. I think he I think he meets uh, Six's incoming fist with one of his uh, knuckle style attacks and just disintegrates it. Oh, yeah, Yeah, I guess that is kind of what's happening here. That's what it looks like in that top panel on whatever page this is 13. It looks like he just in order to avoid that punch, he just eliminates the problem entirely and just uh, blows that fist up. But just to think that like an uppercut in that panel would have taken off Six's head and he wouldn't have to deal with this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, (laughs) yeah, it does seem that way, but he does leave himself in a pretty precarious position because he's now free falling. And while he does have maneuverability in the air, there still are some risks with being found in that position, uh, that particular position. But when you turn the page, um, he, he says, uh, as, as you're working your way uh, through the manga, he says, how do I even describe it? I probably ought to be more cautious, but I'm having so much fun. So he's enjoying this process. What a like heel turn that seems to be relative to like where he was even just a couple chapters ago where he was lying near dead under a you know, a destroyed building. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he's just, he's got to be hitting like, what is it? Like the fourth uh, refuel at this point. (laughs) Yeah. Like some people get a second wind. Koichi's on like his fourth or fifth. Right. Right. What was cool too. And this was just a neat personal experience. Um, I turned the page uh, to the the panel where he says, and I'm having uh, I'm having so much fun, and I recognized this panel even though I had not read it before. 
And the reason that is, is because on the Almighty Pod's Twitter feed, we follow uh, a young lady named Liquid Purple. And she recently, like in the last week or two, has been working on a, a physical canvas with, with paints, recreating this panel um, and has did an excellent job. We commented on it. Some of the folks from uh, Hero Notes Pod saw it and commented on it, did an absolutely stellar job. Um, we will try to link a uh, in the show notes a direct link so you can see how that canvas painting turns out. And so I actually reached out to her and we had a conversation in our DMs. There's some discussions between us and her about maybe getting a commissioned work for the AMP that we might give away question mark. So stay tuned. Um, but she also currently has these cool little acrylic Koichi keychains for sale on Etsy. Um, so I'll try to find those, a direct link to her Etsy so you can uh, see those as well. And on that Etsy link, she says if the Koichi ones sell well enough, uh, then she will also make some uh, pop star variants. And one of them is a little B-pop which looks super dope. Um, that's cool. So that's at Liquid Purple on uh, on Twitter, though there are some like l- numbers in there. Yeah, it's L1Q1DPURPLE. I'm looking at that painting right now because I remember what you were talking about, and it's like one for one. This is incredible. Yeah, so we will we'll include a link to their Twitter uh, Twitter profile and also uh, her Etsy. So you can see those keychains, super neat, and maybe stay tuned because there might be a little bit of collab going on with AMP and Liquid Purple in the future. But yeah, I was shocked. Like when I turned this page, I was like, "Holy crap, that's where that comes <laughs> that from." That looks familiar. <laughs> I've it seen looks this super. It looks exactly like what yeah. she produced, only minus the words. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, man. I think I even mentioned on Twitter like that's something I'd hang up on the wall. It's it's really really good. Yeah, super. So great, great work, Liquid Purple. She is. Uh, she's. She was stunned when I asked her if she wouldn't mind us mentioning her work uh, on uh, in our recordings uh, and was honored by that. And, and was she told me that uh, our podcast helped get her through some finals recently. So super flattering exchange. Yeah. Looking forward to more. So check her out. Look at look in the bios. Don't miss clicking on those links and, and seeing what she's got. Uh, both both that uh, the physical media stuff uh, and her keychains that are up for sale. Uh, and like I said, maybe keep an ear out. There might be more. There might there might be more concerning us and Liquid Purple in the future. <laughs> well, we get this. Uh, like, would you call this a flashback or just kind of an explanation, maybe, of Koichi's inner monologue? Yeah i I would call this a flashback. I think that they yeah. they do some weird things here where they mix like this flashback kind of look with another one later down the line. And so it almost insinuates that like these flashbacks happen in a similar time frame, but I don't think they do. I think it's just kind of a, like a analogy uh, for what's happening in the moment. So I couldn't tell what you thought. I definitely at the moment anyways, I don't think that this all happened at the same timeline, but we'll break these down. So we see Koichi like up on top of the slide playing with a bunch of kids. And he's talking about how he, he didn't really think that he was out of the ordinary when he was a kid. Like he kind of seemed to never really be able to read the room. Like when they were all having fun playing hero games and everything, all the neighbors were doing it too. They were all, you know, caught up in their fantasies, but it seemed as almost like by the time he realized that the fun was over everyone else had been done for a long time so he's always kind of just been a little bit behind everyone else and figuring out kind of what's what's going on in his current situation and uh, it seems like that kind of followed him throughout life until he was in high school when all of his you know buddies had moved on from the hero dream he was still reading about superheroes and still had that as kind of his like end goal or maybe his end dream 
Uh, but he says he realized that he couldn't do that anymore. Actually, becoming a hero meant going to one of those special schools. So finally, he just hit that time where everyone else kind of starts thinking about, you know, living a regular life. And that's that's what he did. So he read the room, he saw the writing on the wall, and he did what he had to do. He just prepped for a proper stable life, is what he says. He says, the childish games had to end early while I was still caught up in all the fun. And uh, he's falling, he's like free falling, and he says, so I get it, I know that today is the day that dream comes to an end, and it's it's like he's finally really reached that dream, he's getting to be that hero, uh, and so he's fulfilled it, and maybe after this he can live a regular life. Or, or he believes that this is his end. Could and be. It, this, this last panel here is, uh, it's his All Might hoodie being burnt to a crisp as Six punches, uh, punches him as he falls. So yeah, I think that there's a fair way of reading it both ways. I prefer your version, um, but I think that the alternative reading of him saying, my dream of ever becoming a real licensed hero dies now with me um, is also a fair reading as well, even though I would I would think that if he were to die here, that he would still be called and heralded as maybe even finally by Sukauchi um, as a hero in his own right. Um, if you flip back, Adam, um, <laughs> to the beginning of this, uh, this little flashback sequence, there is a detail in this that made me laugh out loud when I saw it. So if you're looking at the panel that says, like so many kids, I love playing hero games, yada, yada. Yeah. Do you, there, there's a detail in this that is, that is phenomenal. Do, do you see it? Is it the one kid that's got the Endeavor head? It's the one kid who has the Endeavor hat while everyone else has. All Might hats. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's that one uh, like Endeavor fan kid who's just harumphing on his own off to the side because everyone else wants to be All Might, and he's picked the number two hero as the number one hero in his heart. <laughs> um, that, that detail on that panel made me laugh pretty good. It is pretty funny. Yeah, I like that. You know, it's weird. I never, I hadn't considered it the way that, that you took it with him, like his dream dying with him. Cause at any point in time, I feel like he could have gone and gotten licensed to be a pro hero. I, I didn't think Koichi cared about that anymore. Well, if he didn't care about it anymore, right? Um, it would have happened shortly after he had, had missed his opportunity to go test in, right? Yeah. Um, that's when he, true. when he rescued Pop and just that shift, you know, um, took place within him and it i mean yeah there's i guess that there's looking back and thinking about that maybe maybe the shift was just oh i could do this without a license like i saved a little <laughs> yeah. girl today yeah, you know that's true <laughs> um, and he was just like you know uh flipping a bird at bureaucracy or whatever and it's just going to do it on his own but uh yeah I, I think that there are two fair readings of that um i'd be curious to hear what listeners how they read that initial panel i mean that last panel in particular um of the the coat being burned up imagine reading that bi-weekly or whatever the actual release schedule is what a cliffhanger yeah what would that leave you thinking it was like oh he this this might be the end of him i mean you wouldn't think that as a legitimate audience member um but that's the depict that's what the depiction is trying to get you to maybe think as a possibility for sure yeah no you're totally right let's jump into chapter slash episode 119 um we 
uh, we see the fallout of this punch that ends up scorching the All Might hoodie. Uh, Koichi does end up caught into it. It is burning his everything to tatters. The hood yeah. is off. Um, it falls down. Other pieces of his uh, getup end up scorched and burning and falling off of him. He he ends up with significantly less gear slash clothing on him uh, in the midst of this chapter than he had on previously. Um, but we do catch up again with All for One, um, who is just continuing to not only be in awe of Koichi, but now he shifts his attention back towards Six um, and offers him congratulations for for seemingly having beaten Koichi, even while he's saying, ah, this experiment, you know, we didn't come away with the data that I intended, um, or even that in the midst of it, he had hoped to, specifically with regards to Koichi. He says that if Six scorched Koichi's body like it, like it appears to be, that, that no body means no sample. Um, so he couldn't retrieve some of Koichi's DNA to do his nefarious things with, I suppose. Um, but he also kind of sees this as a, a swan song for number six. He says, you'll soon lose control of the runaway combustion processes, uh, and then you'll just burn to nothing. Um, so you'll have, you'll have accomplished something for me, but this is the end of your story. Yeah, and as he starts to say that, like, Six, I don't know if Six has a realization of this, perhaps, or if, you know, maybe it's just hit that moment. Like, All for One just called it, and this is the moment it's going to happen, because Six just loses it. Like, he starts screaming, we see this really, it's kind of sad, this this image of the skeleton that is the leftover of six and all this electricity like crackling out of his skull and and really breaking his skull in multiple places and then that ethereal body too just screaming as well and it's like he's in pain like there's something going on and we get a handful of pages here of the kind of little like a formless creature, uh, almost like a little clay creature. If you saw the, I think it's a Tim Burton movie called Nine. They were like the little yeah. sock puppet kind of creatures, yep. kind of something like looks like that. We saw it several chapters ago, and it's uh, you know, six or at least the way that he sees himself. And he's like interacting with these toys, and he looks out a window and sees all these other kids having fun. And so he goes out to try and play with them, and he's got like a little o'clock figure, uh, which I thought was funny because in the last chapter, all the kids had All Might figures, and you know, we know that six has been trying to become o'clock. So that makes sense that he would have this little figure and he he's trying to go play with these kids. Nobody wants to play with them. So he's sitting in the sandbox all alone and then someone approaches and we transfer back over and we see all for one and we see six and they're they're kind of shocked. They both have this sort of shocked face and we see on the ground is nobody less than Koichi. I say nobody less. He's barely hanging on. I mean, <laughs> he's got like he's dragging his foot. He's talking about how he's totally broken down. You know, he says that his cork provides not really the perfect defense, uh, and it, but he he took the hit and he's toasted pretty hard. Uh, he says the truth is I'm on my last legs, way past my limits, like way past these limits. Uh, and he says, you know, probably nobody would blame me for running at this point, but for some reason, I'm still here. And I mean, this image of him is horrific. He's he's tattered. He's soaked in blood again. He's got one eye closed. Like, this is a really rough image of Koichi, uh, potentially worse than what we saw a few chapters back when he was like under the uh, under the house or not the house, but the uh, parking garage that collapsed on him. Yeah, I would say that he's not soaked in blood again. He's soaked in more blood. Yeah. This is the same. How does he still have any blood? <laughs> There's continuity. Yeah, right? It's ridiculous, yeah. yeah. But he, he goes into talking about, like, 
that roar that that you know six just did and, and talking about how over the years whenever he hears roars like that it reminds him of some kind of like a mad beast and he says you usually hear that kind of how from villains and criminals going wild with their quirks putting people in danger and he says but when i hear that sound for whatever reason i just can't sit back and this is really similar to kind of what all might says in my hero proper where he talks about there are all these instances of heroes like seeing a bad situation and not even realizing it, their feet just move or their legs just move. Koichi kind of describes it this way. Like when he hears that roar, he just feels the need to go into that situation. Like he just can't handle it. He's got to get involved somehow. Um, And it's awesome because at the end here, he says that like he thinks that the reason he does it is because he knows that they need to have help too, basically. Uh, Yeah, I like that he, I like that he, takes that that concept a step further that he isn't just rushing to bystanders's aid but that he he perceives himself as intervening uh on behalf of even uh, a lot of these villains and we see uh some of these examples from my hero academia's past these folks that i mean uh uh crap uh, soga is one of these guys you know uh it depicted in this panel and that they're all the ones with the black tongues too so these were guys who had been either tricked or convinced to take this uh this drug and and go become a victim of a degree or to a degree right um some of these victims that koichi bore witness to some of these villains rather that he bore witness to were unwilling victim uh, uh unwilling villains right um that they had that drug forced upon them whether right. it be through the b injections or whatever um so it's cool that he kind of takes that it's not just that i move in the direction on behalf of uh you know the, the bystanders and the innocents but that he sees that a lot of times these villains are people that need aid as well need a help and he might be able to afford them some small form of of aid in his own right yeah, and at the end here, he says, but hey, it's all good. Just got to have faith and wait for the heroes. I know they'll find a way to make things right. He's got a big old smile on his face. And we, we get treated to another flashback, and it's him standing over six outside of that sandbox. Uh, and he says, but until then, I'm here. I'm still here with you. And this is where I was referencing earlier. I don't really think that Six and Koichi played his childhood friends, no. you know? <laughs> but no, how this, crazy would it be if that was the case? This is... um. This is literary depiction. This is, uh, I think you described it as... Uh, an analogy kind of, almost, yeah. Yeah, like a, an analogical, uh, different kind of visual depiction of what's going on. And what I love about this panel, it's so good, this is such a cool touch, is that Koichi, uh, not only it's not just that he has this All Might doll, but that as he stands in front of Six, he's actually casting a shadow over Six. And that's exactly, this is from Six's perspective right. here. This is um, exactly how Six feels. I mean, and, and yeah. this is what the, these images are prepping us for, because it's like, we know that Koichi's having fun. He's literally just said it a few ch- like panels ago. Uh, but I think to some extent, Six is having fun too. Like He's finally got someone that's playing with him at his level. And that's what this is depicting. Like th- it's showing these two individuals playing with these figurines. You know, Six has got O'Clock, Koichi's got All Might, and they're playing with each other. And then in the real world, we see Six just absolutely like trying to wreck Koichi. He's got these massive fists. He's just hitting him with all of his might. And we can see all of the bystanders, like the X-Men and the folks from the Naruhata Fest, they're freaking out. Like, I think one of the X-Men is like, a giant fire dude, no, it's some kind of kaiju. Like, we're not we're not safe here. We gotta go. 
Uh, and so we we transition back into those kind of like uh, childhood like playfulness, and these panels are six kind of slowly realizing that maybe Koichi's besting him. It seems like there's a few panels there where he looks kind of worried, uh, and then we've got this last panel where they like jump up in the air and they're making this huge huge con- like boom at the bottom, and and dust is going everywhere, and they're just kids, but. In real life, they are absolutely duking it out. And, I mean, they're just causing this massive destruction around them. Yeah, and that's what the final two panels, or actually entire pages of episode 119 depict, is that real-life battle uh, taking place, at least for Koichi in midair. Um, Six seems to still have his feet on the ground, but he's ginormous. Yeah, it doesn't count. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's where we leave off 119. And what was really interesting, too, is um, I've, Busta has got me reading uh, Chainsaw Man. Uh, and I was kind of curious about it, and I asked about it in the Discord a time or two when the uh, trailer for the, or the teaser trailer for the upcoming anime aired. Um, so I picked it up. I've been reading it, um, and I'm only like five or six chapters away from being uh, all caught up with it, actually. And one of the things that just serendipitously happened is uh, in the pages of Vigilantes, there's this kind of childlike depiction of tremendous violence uh, between Six and Koichi. Um, And at the same time, I was reading in Chainsaw Man a very similar conflict depiction between uh, Aki and the main character, Denji, um, where theirs is depicted not as two kids playing with, um, with action figures, but as two children involved in a snowball fight. Um, and I read those like basically on the same day and I was like, huh, that's, that's kind of neat. Like did you come across two of those things, uh, at relatively the same time. Uh, so it's a neat way to kind of present something that in, in some cases, especially in the case of Chainsaw Man, good Lord, that is like ultra violent at times, uh, as something that is, uh, reduced down to, um, a more easily understood, a uh, simple presentation where you you maybe are able to grasp a little bit better uh, motivations and thoughts um, and perceptions because it's depicted, like you say, uh, analogously or metaphorically, um, instead of us trying to have to pick apart or try to tease out what those realities are. As we watch the reality, we get to see um, more illustrative attempts at uh communicating those 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 same things and it's it's kind of a neat uh a neat trick uh, of that particular trade that i enjoyed i got to enjoy that twice this week that's awesome i also kind of read this too as you know in that last chapter koichi's talking about being a kid and having these dreams and all these kids have these dreams well we're seeing these two dreams battle it out you know and it's it's weird because we're seeing them the same dream to become a hero but from two different angles and one of them is not the right one. The other one seems to be closer, you know, and maybe not 100% right. There's no hero license involved. But we're seeing really, like, two routes to a dream battle it out in this, like, childhood-like form. And it's it's a cool way to see it represented. Okay, that's kind of funny. Because you saying it that way is this battle between two dreams. Earlier on in Chainsaw Man, Denji basically screams, let's have a dream battle. Because <laughs> he's got this dream. And then one of the other characters, I can't remember, has this a competing dream and they were like all right let's let's battle with our dreams and see who's win uh, see who wins wow uh, so a lot of chainsaw man has just been on my brain i've been consuming it at uh very very high uh uh volume in the last couple of weeks trying to trying to get current and read as much as i can before the anime comes out yeah man that's cool 
Well, I think this will wrap us for chapters 118 and 119. Uh, very good. I'm excited to see where this leads us uh, because, gosh, this is just ramping up. We only have like six more chapters left after this, I think. Um, y- yikes. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. getting crazy. Seven? It's. I think it ended on 126, right? Yeah. And we're at, we just finished 119. 119. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, wow. And you can tell that they're, I don't want to say like uh stretching it out because I don't feel like it's stretched out, but this last little fight, like you can definitely tell it's the last one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean they've they've built the entire Vigilante's run has been pointing towards this fight. Yeah. Uh and so we're here. There's not gonna be anything much on the other end of this besides like maybe maybe there's a chance everything kind of wraps up by chapter 124 and 125 and 126 are like denouement. Like where are they now? Like two years Vigilante's later. edition. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I could see that. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, we would appreciate it. If you left us an iTunes review, sent us a Corkle, join the discord, hang out with us. Uh, if you want to have something to listen to next Monday, feel free to check out Kyo Cinema, where we will be reviewing uh, some sort of Dragon Ball Z movie. I am sure. I think we're actually skipping reborn. Yeah, I think that comes out uh, two weeks from, or three weeks from this one, potentially, because we've got one week off from Kyo Cinema, like Adkins mentioned earlier. Uh, But it's out there. We got all kinds of Dragon Ball Z content now, too. So go check it out. We would appreciate it. Yep. Thanks for listening, guys. Again, you are the reason why we're we're pulling these doubles down uh, to make sure that we don't miss a beat uh, with y'all and for y'all. Um, we, we are only as big as we are because y'all are talking about us because we are not doing any kind of promoting outside of saying, hey, if you don't mind letting folks know that we exist, that'd be cool. And uh, there's people all over the country. I looked actually today. Um, AMP has been listened to in 30 countries all over the world. Oh, wow, that's so cool. It's really cool. So if you're listening in one of those 30 countries, which of course you are, because otherwise you're where? In space? It'd be cool if we were on like the International Space Station, but I doubt it. Uh, But just know that we're grateful for you and that we were willing to put in a little bit of extra work before our day jobs got a little hairy um, so that we did not miss a beat with you. We will see everyone in two weeks. See you guys.